0: Ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of the 1099 this week's guest you know her as the voice of wonder woman about 18 years running and she just co-starred in justice league versus the fatal five out now on blu-ray everybody it's susan eisenberg hi susan how are you
1: hello 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 i'm fine thank you
0: and uh, you say you're having a busy day were you were you busy with typical voice actor things or was it more uh, uh kind of a personal day for you
1: you know it was both. It was a little bit of voiceover, a little bit of auditioning, a little bit of that. and then some like life stuff, the holidays, shopping, that kind of thing. all in all. I totally
0: forgot day. it was Easter. i I will admit
1: and Passover
0: and Passover.
1: yeah, it's a big holiday weekend for people who celebrate.
0: I'm not complaining too much, though, because that means my my editors aren't knocking down my email and I've been able to play <laughs> video. I, I was basically playing video games almost right up until this interview. So
1: <laughs> Here I thought here. I thought you've been working hard, although you're probably <laughs> exhausted going into the weekend. Turns out you've been gaming all day
0: yeah yeah like a like a like a good uh, kid barely i'm a freelancer (laughs) i make my own hours i tell people uh let's dive into it i suppose um we're kind of celebrating the release of justice league versus the fatal five which is out now on like dvd and blu-ray i actually got a chance to i I crammed it into uh, yesterday's uh, relaxation schedule and (laughs) uh it was it was really good i really loved uh your role in it and i loved kind of exploring this new green lantern jessica cruz and star boy and uh yeah, so tell me tell me a little bit about that, and uh what your experience was with this latest incarnation of the Justice League.
1: Well, you know, the thing is, I knew that I was going to be doing this movie um and I you know went to the studio and I you know d- did my Wonder Woman lines for Bruce Tim and Wes Gleason, the voice director, and um I believe Eric um Carrasco was there the writer and did my thing and then like you know Eric came up to me after and said I'm a huge fan because I grew up with the Justice League and that's always lovely hearing and and then cut to um I go to do ADR additional dialogue recording mm-hmm. and I walk into the room at at Warner Brothers and there is a picture of Diana from she looks like she did in the Justice League series mm-hmm. and I haven't seen her since the show went off in, you know, 2006. And I have to tell you, I got so emotional because I had no idea that she was going to look like that. And it was like, I got to revisit that character and revisit her in a way that I never, ever anticipated. I mean, of course, I hoped that I would be able to, but I I didn't know that was coming. And it was just the best surprise I've i've had professionally it really was
0: and uh it seems like at least for wonder woman batman and superman uh this was in a way uh kind of yeah a homecoming of sorts for you kevin conroy and then uh Oh, what was it? It Was Kevin? Uh, I forget Kevin's last name. Um, George
1: Newburn George Newburn. Why right. did I say? Kev? I'm, I'm thinking
0: double Kevin's here, but uh, yeah, the the original uh, Batman and Superman voice actors, along with you. So, right. uh, d- did it feel special to kind of be back in a booth, um, kind of coordinating with those guys and and reliving those characters?
1: You know, whenever any of our our characters get to be together, our voices get to be together. It, you know, it it's just. Um, it's like a reunion. It's like a class reunion of sorts because we started this gig in 2000 and we all got hired then. And then we all had that experience together till 2006. And then we've done different movies, but not all together. And then we've done the comic cons in New York and Denver together. So it's a pretty magical experience when we have the chance to be together. and, And, you know, hopefully it happens more and more. I think that when this movie, Justice League versus the Fatal Five, um, was conceived uh, and w- w- thought about and conceived and done, I don't... At the time, there wasn't this push that there is now for a jail reunion that has kind of taken over and, and really um, surfaced on Twitter and social media. And so I don't know that this is what the... You'd have to ask you know um, Bruce and Jim Krieg, mm-hmm. you'd have to ask them... Um, you know, Sam Liu, the director, what their intentions were. But I got the sense that they changed course slightly to accommodate all the fans that were saying, please give us a reunion. And I think that encouraged them to go back to these characters in their original iterations from the Justice League. Again, that's my guess. I don't know that for sure. Um, But I believe that is very much what happened.
0: Fandom in itself, there's there's the last decade plus has really brought about this conversation about the the kind of relationship that fans have with a a huge geek culture you know, intellectual property like Justice League or or Star Wars or something like that. And mm-hmm. yeah, do you do you feel as you uh, continue to inhabit the role? Uh do you feel like the fans ha- like you know want it one way or another way and like do, what kinds of things do you kind of take into consideration when you're like engaging with fans and saying like you know how did I do or or like is this the kind of wonder woman that people want to see
1: You know the thing is it's been pretty consistent so um since the justice league ended the one thing i hear more than anything is you all were a part of my childhood Yeah, that is the refrain that I get all the time. And I've been getting it since social media, Um, you know, and I've been on social media, I think, since 2013. Um, And before that, you know, it was just through Comic-Cons. But that has been uh, the refrain. And you can't hear that as an actor and not feel touched by that. So I have to say... The reunion is something that I, along with the fans, because I now am a fan of the show, the reunion has been something that I have um, really felt passionately about as well, because when, you, when you're when you given that gift of mattering to people, as we have um, as a show, you want to honor that. And the best way to honor that, from in my mind, is to revisit that. And, I, and it's not to say, like, we're going to do another series – or a bunch of new episodes, but to me, they already have Wonder Brothers already has this straight to DVD um, production already set up. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was always an obvious fix. Like you just put put us in there, um, do a movie with us. So I'm really hopeful. Bruce Tim at WonderCon said that if Justice League versus the Fatal Five does well, then there's a very very good chance that he'll continue. Um, from the Justice League Unlimited series and do a movie with all seven of us, which you know I I, I can't tell you how um, extraordinary that would that would feel.
0: Oh yeah, and tell me tell me a little bit more about like working with Bruce Tim. He's sort of been one of the the primary like shepherds of the series since the beginning back in like two thousand one, and it's yeah, like you said, it's clear he's really interested. He wants to make a lot more Justice League stuff. Uh, it must feel like you know uh, familiar, comfortable. Uh, but meaningful territory for him. Um, Do you think, do you think there's a like storytelling or direction related reason to why the original justice league cartoon uh, ha- has had the impact and staying power it has for the last 18 years?
1: You know, I don't know that I'm really in a position to answer that, but I can tell you what the fans have told me. Sure. And you know, there, cause I'm not, I didn't grow up with cartoons or comics. So it, you know, it's not like I have any authority when it comes to um, this universe, but I do listen to the fans and, and the fans and I are, are constantly talking about it. And I'm, I'm amazed at um, the storytelling from the show, the writing on the show, the direction on the show. I think it was this perfect amalgamation of gifted writers and gifted directors and a showrunner in Bruce Tim that cared deeply about this, these characters and these stories. And then you throw together seven people, and of course, with Unlimited, a lot more than that. Um, and something just happened that, that felt very special. And, um, and you were, we're, were all very aware of that to this day that we are part of something that was a gift. Um, and so like all the writers, they really deserve so much of the credit because they told these stories that resonated with the fans. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, thank- thankfully they enjoyed the voices that gave that, you know, brought life to those stories, but it all started, I believe with the story and, and then you have brilliant directors like Dan Reba and, you know, Joaquin, um, um, I'm blanking on his name, but I'll get it to you later. Yeah. And you know, just like really, DeSantos, Joaquin DeSantos, and you get these extraordinary, talented people all t- working on something that they believe in. You know, these guys that worked on the show, they were fans of the genre. It wasn't like they came in from other places and didn't like didn't know DC and didn't know these these characters. Uh, they are very very knowledgeable. Dwayne McDuffie, one of our writers. I mean, there's no one who knew more about this world than Dwayne. Um, Rich Fogle, Stan Berkowitz. They wrote some of the best episodes in of this genre ever. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that the fans, um, appreciated it then and still appreciate it, still talk to me about certain episodes, you know, it's, it's, it's very, very humbling. And, um, you know, and, and thrilling. It really
0: is. And, you know, I, I'm curious too uh, on this podcast, I love to to learn about the backgrounds of the people I interview. And I'm really curious, like where this whole journey uh, started off for you uh, prior to the start of Justice League. And as far as my reach, my research shows me uh, one or two of your first like roles were actually in video games, brute force and Jack Two, which is a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> uh, I, I physically cannot tell you how many times I probably played the Jack and Daxter series over and you but were that's um... such a
1: cool that was so cool to hear that because when I would go to comic cons people would be like you're you were Ashlyn yeah and I'm like <laughs> what dude how do you even know that and and so then I would get I the last couple of cons that I've done I have pictures of Ashlyn because I really I fans were recognizing that and loved the game and it was a great game so I love to hear that you knew that game. That's so cool.
0: Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, one of my all-time. That's that's one of my like stuck on a desert island games. I think, but
1: really, okay. Well, that's nice.
0: So, uh, what did what did you do before you dove into voice acting? I um, have you have you like? I assume you probably live in the L.A. area right now, right?
1: I do. Yeah. Um, I I moved here right out of college, and I oh was, my, I was on the East Coast up until that point, and um, I had an opportunity to stay on the East coast and stay with a job that I had begun, or I could move out here and try my luck at acting, which was what I had studied and along with some film. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just like one of those things where you're 20 years old and it's just like, you're talking to your mom and she's like, yeah, you should go because you don't want to be, you don't want to be 55 and saying, God, I wish I shoulda, coulda, woulda. And, She didn't want me to go, of course, but she knew that it was something I had to do. Um, And so when I came out here, it was really to pursue an acting career. And of course, along the way, I worked as an assistant to everybody, to writers, directors, um, casting agents, managers. And when I would be working with these jobs, I I was lucky enough to have bosses who knew that I was pursuing this and would give me a break. And the first one was Lamont Johnson, who put me, I was, he was a director and he put me in his movie on camera. And I thought, oh my God, this is the worst. <laughs> this is like the worst. It was so nerve wracking and like, oh my God, I, I even get nervous thinking about it right now because I worked with him and I knew the entire crew. And then of course the day I filmed, everyone, you know, it just like knows me and this staring at me as I'm like having to read all these lines with Shelley Long in this movie. Anyway, I make a long story endless. I I I just said you know what it, on camera is not for me. I'm going to pursue voiceover and do that as an actor. And I took some classes at UCLA, and I was very fortunate to get an agent, and a um, and some work came. But even again, even when before I could do it full time, when I was working. Just to make a living um, with some some assistant work, the showrunners would put me. John Romano put me in class of ninety six, and you know, so many people were kind um, about just letting me, you know, do something like that. And it was it was really something. I got to tell you,
0: creative fields. If you are lucky enough or privileged enough, it seems like if you can luck into someone who cares about you or like wants to give you a leg up that's that's one of the biggest blessings you can ever have and i have certainly had my my fair share in the like games and geek culture media uh kind of realm but first off you had a great mom it sounded like
1: (laughs) i did i i really did my mom passed away a couple of months ago and you know so much of what um i can you know with justice league versus the fatal five coming out it's, it's so bittersweet because she and I had a long conversation. She would never, she couldn't quite understand like what the straight to vi- DVD and straight to video and all of that. And so her biggest concern always was, well, how will I see, how will daddy and I see it? Aww. And, you know, and so I got the DVDs yesterday and I, you know, it's bittersweet because I would have loved to have, you know, sent it to her and my dad. Um, but she knew about the project. She knew about, you know, certainly some of my successes and she was always support my biggest, biggest fan. So, um, yeah, yeah. She was amazing.
0: I'm always, I'm always kind of fascinated too, by like, what are our elders? Um, like I'm 26 and my parents had me like fairly late in life. So they're around, uh, like 60 and 65. And so Mm -hmm. I'm always really fascinated to I'll show them a game or, or some sort of geek culture movie and i'm very fascinated by like what they glom onto. um i cannot get my dad to give a hoot about anything like you know like a jack and daxter game or like a like a narrative game but you put like a american truck simulator or uh, like a city builder game like city skylines where like you can lay down (laughs) you can lay down like pipe and stuff and like make an infrastructure (laughs) oh that that was our christmas one year (laughs)
1: Oh my gosh! I love that. I didn't even know about that. That's cool. That's
0: cool. So uh, I, I, I'm willing to bet that you probably studied uh, like theater style acting. I did. Yes, that 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 checks out because I, I lived with theater kids for about three years or so, and that was uh, three of the most interesting years of my life.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I did study and you know acting and um, tried to do pretty much all of it, tried to do some singing and body movement and, you know, just that across the board, uh, try to be comfortable in your own skin as an actor type thing. And I'm still working on it.
0: What are like, uh, expound upon that a little bit, like how 18 years in, like, what are the kinds of things that you still need to work on being comfortable with?
1: I think it's just human nature. I think it's mostly just being comfortable within my own skin. Um, you know, when I drive to a job and there's a lot of unknowns about it, um, you know. With we we um, emailed briefly about some of the things that we would talk about today. And one of the things with the strike that we we did was to find out what project are we working on, what character are we going to be doing, right. because you would get there and you would have no idea um, what what you were going to be working on. That's really nerve wracking and. Um, you know, you can be secure in your skill set, but at the same time, you want to have some. <laughs> you want to know, like, who am I going to be creating? Um, it's and a it's what a judgment universe. call
0: it, because, like, you're you're not sure if you're in a multi million dollar game or show, or if you're in like a thirty second commercial, right?
1: Right. Well, for the commercial, I'll always know beforehand. Um, it's it's more or less the video game and going to that session um, where you, you just didn't know you were just in the dark as right. an actor. Um, about what you were playing what the game was are you going to be recurring what you know now they're because of the strike I think people are there's a lot more um, um, trans you know transparency mm-hmm. but um, I think that it's just it's more about the work the skill set I feel is there ish but it's it's more about just trusting that and feeling comfortable and trying to take chances. Um, My career has, is is a little unusual because I have not made a living doing a bunch of different voices. Mm -hmm. Most of my career, you know, has been spent in commercial voice acting or promo. People know me from Wonder Woman and animation and maybe some video games, but by and large, you know, the, my bread and butter um, has been from commercials. And so Uh, When you go to do these, these parts, you know, you have to just um, allow yourself to fall on your face, you have to allow something to come out of your mouth that isn't going to be the one and and it's not going to be the right choice. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. So it's more just about having patience for the process. And hopefully you get a director or a writer who's supportive and, and trusts that you can do it so that you can take chances.
0: And tell me, like, speaking of taking chances, uh, someone somewhere or or some element of the universe clearly took a chance on you when they gave you the, or when rather when you earned the Wonder Woman role. Um, where were you in life when you uh, got into that role and and had no idea how it would like affect your career down the road?
1: You know, I was working uh, at that point. I had an agent, and I was working, and I had done. Um, I had done some jobs already. I'd done some animation jobs and certainly some commercial work. And I had done a couple of jobs where I'd been like a guest star. So, you know, it was just like a Mm one-off. And, um, and then I had this audition for, for this project and I did the audition and then I got a call back for the audition and I had to go to Warner Brothers for the call back. And I met at the callback, I met Bruce Tim who created the show and created my that version of Wonder Woman. And I met Andrea Romano, who was the voice director and the casting director. Um, and they showed me a picture. Bruce showed me a picture of what Diana would look like. And they gave me pieces of the script. They had me do it. They, made me, they gave me some notes, some adjustments. And then um, I left. And a couple of weeks later, I got the extraordinary news that I had booked the job. And yeah, I mean, who knew that it would be this? No, you know, I couldn't have imagined. And it was really uh, intimidating. Um, even though I had done some work, I'd never been a starring character on a series. And it was such a big series. It was such a big deal. I mean, we, we would have, I mean, I, I don't know if you saw, you've seen our IMDb page, but it's like a who's who of on-camera actors. It's quite remarkable. Oh,
0: yeah uh oh gosh i'm I'm gonna blank on his name but um the the african-american actor who played he played john stewart uh in uh, our show in our sh- in justice league i believe
1: oh yeah um phil lamar
0: phil lamar there you go yes. uh i i've i've followed him as long as i've followed any other voice actor and uh uh it, it's fascinating i i did i did of course you know doing my research i looked back on that imdb and i'm just like Oh my god this guy oh my god this person this person this person
1: <laughs> oh my and that's just the i mean our our main cast is was so wonderful but then we when you extended it to unlimited i mean it was just you know it was crazy there'd be like 16 people in the room we'd all be recording together and you'd look over and you know there was alfred molina there's Ephraim zimblis jr theres you know there, there's dana delaney oh you know i mean it just it, it was there does ed asner So yeah, it was, it was very, I mean, you know, you never know you part of the, part of being an actor is auditioning. So that's your job every day. If you're lucky, you audition for something and sometimes, you know, they're going, it's going to be special and, and you want it pretty much all the time. You want the job. Um, I knew I wanted this. My agent, when I went for the callback, my agent said, okay, just go get it. Just go get it. And I said, I'll do my best. And, um, Luckily, 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 there was something in my voice that resonated for Bruce and for Andrea, um, because I know there was, you know, they had the cream of the crop to choose from, and I just feel so lucky that I got it. And
0: you know, I, I don't think it's blowing smoke up, yeah, to to say that you played arguably the largest role in keeping the the spirit and and identity of a character like Wonder Woman. Uh, alive and prominent until, of course, we we got the Gal Gadot live action version, and she's had her chance uh, two or three times now to kind of define what that role means uh, for her and for others in a, in a live action context. Um, I, I am always curious to learn when characters kind of inha- multiple uh, actors inherit the the same uh, role. You know, what are the things, do you think that there's anything that kind of sets apart your version of Wonder Woman with uh, someone like Gal Gadot? And are there things that like are just so obvious that um, that uh, they're, they, they are similar in ways?
1: I think they're very similar in ways. I think, you know, from Linda Carter, uh, from, you know, I think there, there are similarities with everybody, with the character, because the character is who she is. So she's strong. She's an Amazon. She's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, you know, she, you know, comes from Thermoscura and goes to a man's world. I mean, so that, that is just um, consistent through all these iterations of her, whether it's on camera, on screen. Um, and so you're not going to deviate too much except when you, you know, do injustice. <clears throat> um, but, you know, so it's it's pretty much the character of her and her relationships can change, obviously, with the Justice League and, um, you know, Steve Trevor in, in Wonder Woman, the movie was such a big focal point, whereas I think I had maybe two episodes with Steve Trevor. Um, so it depends on the storytelling. But I think the character, there, there's cer- certainly there are links, um, common links for all of us voicing or playing her because we're all inhabiting her. And, you know, she is the constant for all of us.
0: And we're in like this, uh, this. I, I, do, I wouldn't say a renaissance. That's not the right word. But we're in this like surge of uh, women taking on leading heroic roles in animation and film. Uh, more, much more prominently now. Uh, Ray in Star Wars, mm-hmm. Shuri and Okoye in Black Panther, Captain Marvel. Uh, do, do you feel like you've played a part in that like kind of important, meaningful shift?
1: Okay, there's, there's no way I can answer that question because I, I mean that's just I don't, I don't know, but I think that I think the success of Wonder Woman, the movie, um, I think turned everything upside down and in the best possible way. I mean, there were so many people. There, the fans have been there all along. They have always wanted this. And, and what what's so there just wasn't a belief system that there was an audience mm-hmm. out there. And then, of course, when Patty Jenkins and Gall got together and created this masterpiece and it was so successful and it resonated with the fans and it it did very well, then, of course, it becomes like, okay, so now we can do more of this. Um, I think that movie and its success did more for the female driven superhero or just female driven movie than anything um And I think that you know I just I'm just riding those coattails. I mean, it's just I think there's been a resurgence of Wonder Woman uh, mm-hmm. passions. So you know, I think whether it's live action or animation, um, there has been such a revival of the character. and so for that, I'm so grateful but i I, I don't think that anything I did created that. I think that it was all the Wonder Woman movie and the, and and how well it did and And it's so gratifying because Patty. Jenkins knows this character so intimately. She's a fan of the character. She respects the character and her history. and you you see that in the movie that came through. And the fans responded so, um, so passionately to that. So I I just love that it is finally happening because the fans have, like I said, the fans have been there wanting this movie, wanting their, you know, how many Batman movies have we we watched? How many Superman movies? I mean, it's like, r- it I was, was ridiculous. Say, like, it, the, was ridic- it
0: says something that uh, the, the first DC film universe movie to kind of like really, really take off was Wonder Woman. Um, p- Post Nolan right. Batman films, you know, like uh, we, we certainly had, they made their money. They They did their thing. But like Wonder Woman was the one that people like really, really turned out for.
1: Right, and it was, like, it was like culturally it had such a massive impact um, in ways that the Batman movie didn't. And again, like how many men played that part? And, and by the way, we're allowed to fail in that part. And then the franchise would just keep going. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like there wasn't, you know, we didn't give the same um, opportunity to to, the, you know, to Wonder Woman. To have different people play her, and okay, so it wasn't great, but you know, um, but let's keep doing it. Let's keep going with a different story or a different actress or you know whatever. And I think now, you know, we're we're going to have a sequel, and there are other Wonder Woman projects on the table being discussed as as we as you and I do this, and so it's just it's it's really really gratifying to see her get her day because as part as far as the trinity goes you know she's really um it has not been fair um and so i'm 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 just so overjoyed that she's having her moment in the sun
0: it begs the question what are like the the important things to consider when we talk about these roles that they they inevitably inspire little girls to to dream big, and they get the, they get the chance to see themselves up on the big screen as heroes mm-hmm. in these very important influential roles. Uh, I can only imagine that you've you've had an opportunity here and there to to uh, put your personal mark on a character like Wonder Woman. So, what kinds of things are you keeping in mind when you think about um, the the young uh, women uh, who are seeing you take on this really iconic role?
1: You know, I think when I'm in the studio, that's not where my focus is. When I'm in the studio recording, my focus is that I'm telling the writer's story and the director's story. And and that's my job to um, give voice, if you will, to their story and their vision. Then when you meet the fans and you hear the feedback and you are um, privileged enough to know that you have mattered to somebody's life that is where you you know you 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 can feel you can experience um the responsibility that comes along with voicing this character and i just not you know i don't want to get too heavy here but i think that that and and we're in a time where we're hopefully seeing more and more but it's just important for all of us little girls little boys regardless of color of sexual you know sexuality of their gender to see themselves i don't think there's anything more important in life than being seen and being heard and but especially being seen and i think that when girls are looking up to that screen or boys little boys are looking up to that screen and through this woman's actions are feeling their own sense of potential mm-hmm. and power um that is you know that is just that's the work i think you know that's the gift that we we can give and i think it's you know i won't say it's an obligation but it it's a privilege and it's an honor to be able to do that and i it's not just children it's it's grown women who have shared with me their stories and grown men who have shared their stories and where they've gotten strength from wonder woman and from diana Um, so again, when, when, when you see somebody and, and a part of you says, my God, that's me, or that could be me, that's, um, that's powerful stuff. It just is. And it's healing stuff. It really, it's, it's healing to have that.
0: And I suppose that like as a character goes on, you know, Wonder Woman's been around since like the 20s and uh, there have been enough incarnations of her and and different variations of her that and even even in your own uh, uh, pedigree, 18 years, there have been so many stories that Wonder Woman has, has adventures that she's gone on that like inevitably someone can find something that they can identify with. And it's funny you mentioned that because at least in Justice League versus the Fatal Five. Uh, this was this was more uh, Jessica Cruz. I think. Yes, Cruz. Yeah, Jessica Cruz. Um, the new Green Lantern in this film, she went to therapy. Uh, uh, That Mm -hmm. like (laughs) seeing a superhero character go to like a therapist office is not a thing you see terribly often. I feel uh or ever or ever yeah they they like (laughs) like batman they'll just be like standing in a graveyard brooding um my one of my favorite (laughs) comedy sets ever was padden Oswalt. uh shortly after the tragic death of his wife he's like man batman is a load of crap everybody like i've been to cemeteries they close at 6 (laughs) p.m there's someone (laughs) there's someone in the security hut going who is this guy Uh, right uh standing out there in the dark in the rain but um but yeah seeing seeing a character like Cruz go to therapy and she struggles with it clearly. And by the end of the movie, she has her, her hero's journey. Um, she, she realizes a, a constructive way to address her fears and whatnot. Uh, I thought that was meaningful. And I, and I don't know who wrote justice league versus fail five, but yeah, please let them know that that meant something. Did that, did that like stick out to you at all?
1: Uh, the writer, it was written by Eric Carrasco and um, Jim Creek And um, Alan Burnett worked on it as well. And Um, it's, it blew me away. It blew me away that, that they would do that, that they would address those issues, the mental health issues in such a profound way with young people. Mm -hmm. You know, these are young people, Starboy and Jessica Cruz. And I thought it was so brave to have that be a major part of the script. And again, I mean, what that will do for people who are struggling, with mental illness or with, um, insecurity, vulnerability to see these characters so freely talk about it and struggle with it. I I think that is, uh, hugely important. And I give Warner Brothers and DC so much credit, um, because that couldn't have been an easy pitch meeting. I mean, that, that, I just, I thought, I thought it was brilliant. Really.
0: And, and yeah. And it's,
1: by it's, the way, Wonder Woman was created in 1941. I just want to be clear on that. 41. Okay. 41. Yeah. So Wikipedia you know, like,
0: will curse me to death, but <laughs>
1: okay. No, no. And 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 I just happen. You know, there there are not a lot of things I could answer about like her origin stories and all this. There, it gets very confusing. But the one thing I do know is when she was created. Nice. So yeah, 1941.
0: <laughs> And and yeah, Starboy too. Um, I I was struck by the way that they, of course, depicted. uh, I I won't like say a specific kind of mental illness because I'm I'm not Mm -hmm. any authority on that. But him struggling with his his lack of memory and also just the way his his brain uh, uh, did not function correctly right. uh, without the medication um mm-hmm. that that stuck out to me like my i i have a a minor disability uh just physical uh but i need my medicine and the the one time i did forget to take my medicine my my body reminded me in a very painful way and mm-hmm. uh seeing a character kind of grasp with that to the the like sudden oh crap i i don't have my medication with me here we go uh definitely stuck out to me too
1: well i think it's i think it'll stick out for so many people and so many fans already are talking about it and how much it's mattered to them to see this on the screen. I mean, it's just, it's like, you know, usually you see superheroes and, and they, you know, everything is good. Um, and here are these superheroes where things aren't good and Jessica's afraid to leave the house. And, uh, Starboy is struggling deeply, um, with his, with his own issues. So it's, it's it's powerful stuff it really is
0: and and it seems like the the characters the one of the things that i do like about the dc animated universe is that there are a cut like like any comic book property i suppose there are plenty of resets uh you know like the the, hey here's a different version of miss martian uh in in justice league versus fail five than what we like saw most recently with um young justice Mm -hmm. um but we've we've been able to at least stick with these characters and their their incarnations for for a good long while and that's uh, it's been so fun to see that in the last like 10 years here with like the the emergence of like the marvel cinematic universe kind of uh, really affirming like hey continuity is cool um uh, have you have you noticed that too is does it feel like you can kind of uh tell the next chapter in wonder woman's character, as opposed to like, here's just a singular isolated chapter.
1: You know, I, for me, this is like a really personal question because, um, I don't feel like there has been a lot of, I mean, in the storytelling, there has been continuity, but one of the things that has always been, um, A frustration for me is that when the show ended in 2006, that we were never reunited Mm. after that as an ensemble. And to me, there was an audience there. There was an audience that I was communicating with on a regular basis through social media and through Comic-Cons, who, again, I'll go back to it, told us how much the show meant to them and it had been a very, very vital part of their childhood and in some ways saved them in their childhood. Um, and so I don't feel like there's been continuity in that way, but as an actor there, we have no control over that. Mm -hmm. So people say, do you feel a sense of ownership with the character? Of course I do. Of course (laughs) I do. And I don't know that there's any actor out there who would say otherwise, but the reality is she's not mine. And there are certainly many, many extraordinary women who are, are playing her and voicing her. Um, even as you know, we speak. There are projects being uh, concocted for you know for other people, and there's nothing you can do about it. Again, my my point was, um, if you have that affection from an audience mm-hmm. that has lasted this long, then by all means allow them to revisit that world and those characters. And and you can see with with the response so far to this movie, there are music cues. That dynamic music partners. Oh, the 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 power rock
0: when they all come in.
1: (laughs) Well, and like all those cues, like when you first see Wonder Woman, there's all these cues that harken back to the original series, Mm -hmm. and. You know, people are saying to me, I felt, I cried, They, you know, and it's, I get it, because I was sitting right next to Bruce Tim during the screening, and when they tilted up and showed Wonder Woman, I grabbed Bruce's arm so hard <laughs> and gave it such a squeeze, because it was deeply emotional to see this character again on the screen, um, and to know that she lives on, so, you know, not to go too far off subject, but... Um, the continuity thing i think this movie is in continuity to the justice league unlimited series and um, that was a big question that bruce answered during wondercon and um you know i think that i think while the fans want to will love and accept a good project a, a well done project i think there's something extra special about seeing a well done project done with people they're familiar with and where they first were introduced to these characters a lot of the fans I have um, are too young to remember Linda Carter from the series. Mm. And so their sense of these characters of Batman and Wonder Woman and and Hawkgirl are from the animated show that we did, Justice I'm League. I'm one of them, so,
0: yeah. I, I'm 26. And, and 2001, right. I would have been like third or fourth grade maybe and uh, right the, for for the longest time the, the that your incarnation of, of Wonder Woman was effectively my, my my vision of her for so long
1: and, well and and again so I think that that's because you're so much of our demographic so you know I want there's a I want to respect that and um, you know there there's a, there's finally hope that that there will there will be a reunion so I'm I'm over the moon.
0: Well, I, I'm over the moon for you, and I and I really hope that we get a lot more of uh, of Susan Eisenberg, you know, inhabiting that role because I feel like it's it's just as important as something live action like Gal Gadot. But um, we you mentioned like some creative frustrations, and uh, we we while we were emailing back and forth, we did establish that like yeah, you were part of the um, the SAG after strike yeah. uh, a couple of years back now. And uh, first, tell me, I suppose, like what your experience was with that for for people who don't know, of course, that was the Screen Actors Guild, um, uh, the strike, uh, basically lots of voice actors and other uh, workers in the industry striking against, uh, 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 well, a variety of things. You tell me, like, what was most on your mind?
1: Well, a lot. It was an it was for interactive, so it was about the gaming industry, and Mm -hmm. um, and it was really just it was at the end of the day, it was fairly basic. It was about. Actors being protected so that they wouldn't have to do um rigorous sessions uh for like any repeated length of time because people were asked to do sessions that you know you you know video games, you have to scream a lot, you have to yell a lot, you're a dragon you're you know um you you know you're a witch and you're dying again and again and again, and those death rattle screams. Which I've done a, a many in my career, you know, they, they, they take a toll on your voice. And if you have a session and you can't work the next day because your voice is shot, that's not right. So that was something that we were fighting for—that the actors would be better protected. We also wanted there to be more transparency, um, so that instead of it being, you know, you're you're you've been hired on game X and you mm-hmm. will be p- playing the character of Y, uh, okay, now go, and you're just. You you know you you've already signed an NDA, a non disclosure agreement. So you're the last person that's going to like blab about the project. They, you know, you're an actor for hire. You want to keep working. You're not going to talk out of school. So trust me as an actor. Trust me as a professional to let me know what I'm working on and what character and help me um, prepare for that. So that was something that we were fighting for. And then finally, we were fighting for, um, a, for residuals. Uh, residuals are the lifeline for actors. Um, we we wanted, if a video game made a certain amount of money and was hugely successful, not the small, medium, middle, you know, middle of the ground video game that was just getting squeaking by, but mm-hmm. some of the bigger games, the really, really um, big gods in the industry, if they were making millions and millions of dollars of profit, then we wanted um, the actors, to share in some of that. And um, what people didn't know is that when you do voiceover games, it's a buyout. So you you go for your session, you get paid, and no matter how in- integral that part you're playing is, and no matter how successful the game does, you don't see any of that m- money. And it, w- it wasn't fair, and it was something that the union, I remember this being discussed a decade ago, and people just weren't ready to, um, you know, there were people like me who were ready and wanted to fight for it then. But, you know, as, as a union this time, it was just, it was such a powerful experience because everyone was on the same page. All the actors were just like, you know what? We're willing to fight for what's fair. We feel this is fair. And that's what we struck for. And that's what we got. And in the email that we emails you, you and I were having, I haven't worked on a new game since the strike ended. All of my game work is a continuation from before the strike. So, um, certain companies I you could still work with because they were they signed on to um, respect what we were fighting for. Mm-hmm. And so I was lucky enough that that was true in my case. So I'll keep you posted. Hopefully <laughs> the, next, the next game I, I, uh, I book, it won't be you know X and Y and I'll, I'll know more. And, and if it's hugely successful, I will um, see some of that money. I think that's only fair. I think that the voice actors contribute to the success. I'm not saying it's uh, more than anyone else, but I think certainly they deserve to be compensated. Yeah, for, for their involvement
0: yeah come on another realm like if injustice three have or if injustice three happens uh, uh we need we need the proper wonder woman voice um, well we need the
1: proper wonder woman voice and i already have a deal with them hopefully that you know if we get another wonder woman game i need to have her be con- a little kinder I, i've um you know that was so tough having that, her. That, I, I was gonna
0: ask that was a darker take on like all the characters in in the dc universe uh tell me what that must have been like
1: You know what? I, I teased them relentlessly because I'm so used to her being heroic. And again, you know, people will, will say, well, do, would you rather play a hero or a villain? And um, most people say they'd rather play a villain and villainy is, is great to to voice Mm -hmm. and I've done it. But when I'm voicing Wonder Woman, the most comfortable thing in the world for me is to play her heroically. That was my introduction to the character. That is how I perceive the character. And so it was really hard playing her. I mean, as such a badass. I mean, it's uh again, the badass part isn't hard. That's fun. It's that it's Wonder Woman being that way. And it really I mean, I would go into the sessions and you know, we would all be laughing because I'm like, seriously? <laughs> seriously. Um and I I they they like you know, jokingly, they've promised me some kindness if I if I voice her again or some goodness if I kind you know if I'm lucky enough to voice her again um, I'm, I told them it's going to be in my contract
0: the the, the one oh. beacon of light in like nether realm game which always have like exactly. weird dark stories yeah you can right. be, you can be the one lighthouse
1: <laughs> yes that's what I, that's going to be in the
0: contract <laughs> and you know as we wrap up here i want to ask you like one last question and i, I don't know if you have kept up uh with the video game d- developer efforts to unionize um it's it's a big mm-hmm. you know topical issue yes. right now and i, I previously had uh, emma kinema on the show who is the um, one of the co-founders of game workers unite arguably like the biggest face of pro union efforts right, right now um uh, I I can either ask you like, you know, uh, what are your thoughts on that, but also uh, like what were maybe some of the lessons you learned as, as a result of going through the SAG after strikes and uh, can any of those be applied to uh, other creative fields?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that what we were, we were so fortunate in this last go round was that it was an, it was unanimous. Um, Everyone literally in the room, everyone was like, Let's do this. And I think as long as you're there and you're clear on what it is you're asking for. And mm-hmm. if there is a belief, like a true belief that what you're asking for is absolutely fair and just, um, then I think all consequences be damned. Now, there are always gonna be scare tactics. There are, you're always gonna be told, and in some cases it's not it's it's truthful, you know, that things will go non union. Well, that happens. Jobs do go non-union, and and you lose the work. And that has happened in the acting industry, you know, in in huge waves. Um, But I think I was just brought up, again, my mother and father, I was always brought up that you have to fight the good fight. And if you feel like you're not being treated fairly or your work is not being compensated fairly, then I think you have to be willing um, to lose in the short term to gain in the long term and you know as a union member we are supporting you know the the developers and we we believe in what they're doing and you know when we were on our strike people would be like well you don't you know you go in and you record but like developers work for years on these games and it's like absolutely and let them mm-hmm. fight for what is right because they do work for years on those games and they should be compensated accordingly or whatever their fight is, they should absolutely be unionized. In my opinion, I, that may not be realistic in terms of the climate today. Um, you know, if you spoke to somebody from a gaming company, they may be like, that's ridiculous. Um, but I, I think there's power in numbers. I think there's, 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 there's something to be said about being this force and knowing you're in it with your coworkers. Um, and that there's somebody speaking for you, you know, with you in mind.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and there's something beautiful about hearing the voice of Wonder Woman telling you to to fight on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, it's true. It's like, it's, just, it's what I, it, you know, I'm passionate about it because I grew up believing that. I mean, I grew up believing in unions. I've been in a union uh, since I believe 1991. I joined the union mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I don't agree with some of the things that we've done. And I'm sure there'll be things in the future that I don't agree with. But if it's a choice between having one and not having one, I will take a union every day.
0: Well, as for the future of uh, Wonder Woman and, and your career, uh, what are you looking forward to the most, uh, at least as far as the stuff that you can share?
1: You know what? I, I, uh, I just look forward to more of her um, in whatever iteration. And I also look forward to other jobs. You know, I think um, honestly actors just, we want to work. And so there are fantasy projects. Again, the justice league reunion project would be a fantasy project with Phil Lamar and Carl Lumley, um, Marie Canals, Maria Canals, Barrera, Kevin Conroy, Michael Rosenbaum. um, And George Newbern, so that would be beyond gratifying. Um, but there are other things, you know. There are other projects. Whether it's um, a series with Wonder Woman, you know, would be my fantasy. Um, things like that, and just to keep to keep going, you know, just to keep going and just to keep having um, the honor of doing this because it's it's pretty pretty damn great I gotta be
0: honest well it's been pretty damn great having you on the show and I and I want to thank you again for coming on it's been an absolute honor uh, I I physically cannot believe that I'm talking to someone who you know uh, has played an instrumental role in, in the way uh, someone like me and my generation looks at superheroes so thank you so much Susan and uh, folks you can find us every week uh, every Monday morning with a new episode of the 1099 Susan again thank you so much
1: thank you so much I appreciate it